You're listening to a University of Warwick podcast. Our guest today is a recipient of the two Lawrence Olivier Awards for his direction of The Crucible, a TMA Award for his production of Arabian Nights, and a Fringe First Award for Autogeddon. A director at the RAC, the National and Artistic Director at the Royal Court Theatre, our guest today is Dominic Cook. Dominic, welcome. Thank you. After leaving Warwick, you started your arts career as a runner for a television company but quickly moved on to the world of theatre. Is there something about theatre that you found, and presumably still find, more appealing than television, or for that matter, film? I think um, the thing that drew me to theatre in the first place, having worked a bit in, um, in TV, was the immediacy of it. You know, the great thing about theatre, and one of the reasons why I think it's quite a kind of subversive form of communication, is that it doesn't cost that much to make. I mean, of course, there are big shows like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that do cost a huge amount, but generally comparison to screen work it's much cheaper which means there's less interference there's less control from power you know on high and you can say what you want really and i just like the immediacy of the medium the directness of the working with actors um the collaborative nature of it so that was what what drew me to it i mean television is a much more kind of regulated medium and and when i started of course i was just at the bottom of the path but i just felt when I started in television, it wasn't there wasn't a world for me. And the great thing about being, you know, in your early twenties, having just left university, is you don't have any responsibilities. So I felt if I'm ever going to take a risk in my life, it's now's the time to do it because I might get you know more responsibilities as I get older, and it's much harder to take those to take those risks then. So that was what led me into theatre. And of course, now the technology of cinema and television is creeping into theatre. Um, with live streaming of theatrical performances and on-demand productions um, becoming more common. And your production of The Comedy of Errors was broadcast to select cinemas as part of the National Theatre's live series. Um, How do you feel about this amalgamation of the mediums? Well, when I first heard that, it really was the National Theatre that came up with this idea of of transmitting live performances around cinemas, I was a bit sceptical about it because, like many people, I thought, well... It's about being in the room with the actors. It's about everyone being in the same place at the same time, the kind of charge of that. That's what, that's what theatre's about. But actually, when I came to do it, um, I was very busy at the time, so I was running the Royal Court, so I couldn't really get involved in the planning of it. And I just said, there were a very brilliant, experienced team at the NT. I said, I'm handing it over to you, I trust you. They sent me a, a, a tape of it, and I gave a little bit of feedback, and then I went to a cinema and saw it. And I was amazed by what a kind of, how much of the live experience that they captured and how exciting it was to be in a full cinema to somehow they they managed to get the camera up really close when it needed to be and they just captured the adrenaline of a live performance and you're very aware of the audience in the theatre as well as the audience of where you are. And of course what happened was the show that was... You know, on this, in this theatre in London, was seen by people all over the country. And, and I got emails from people in the United States as well because it's transmitted there. So I'm now a big fan of it. I mean, I think it, it has to be done well. It has to be done each time it's done. It has to be done according to the particular requirements of that production. But I think it's a really powerful way of getting live performance out there in, you know, to a larger audience. I don't think it's... I wouldn't say it's a substitute. I think being there actually experiencing it is always the best but if you can't it's a wonderful way to experience live, a live event your credits include great productions at the rsc the national and the royal court um from your perspective as a director what does a successful production look like well it depends how you define success 
I mean, I've I've done some shows that have been not successful with the critics and not successful with box office, but that I think artistically have been successful. So it's hard to define what quality is, what the quality... I always think it's much harder to describe and really be articulate about things that you love and things that are fantastic, because they, they, they must kind of sweep over you, and it's very hard to anatomise why they work. Um, but for me, I suppose... It's whether, whether in a piece of theatre it has a kind of transformative effect on the audience. I mean, I don't really believe that one piece of art can radically change a group of people at one point, but it can bring about a small shift in people's consciousness or awareness or make them feel different, make them think in a different way to how they came into the theatre. And I think that normally involves, at some point, making them uncomfortable. I think making audiences uncomfortable is really important because truths are never comfortable, they're, never, they're often awkward. So I think I define it that way. But for me, success is definitely not about reviews and it's not about sales. And um, as a, an audience member, what do you enjoy watching? Well, I kind of enjoy, <laughs> kind of enjoy watching work that I like to make, which is work that really confronts the world we live in in some way. I mean, I'm a populist in that I... I like experimental work and I like experiencing things that I've never seen before, but I also really like work that's funny, that's emotionally available. But most importantly, I like plays that engage, or pieces of theatre that really try and tackle what is going on for us now in the world. And of course it doesn't necessarily need to be a new play. We can do that with classic plays or reimagined tales from the past. You can sometimes look at the present through, you know, through the lens of the past, but... Uh, yeah, it's about the big questions. That's what theatre is really good at, I think. And outside of theatre, what do you enjoy when not watching plays or not producing them? Well, I've got to say that the job I've been doing for the last seven years at the Royal Court has been so demanding and such a kind of full-time days, evenings and weekends commitment that I haven't had much time for anything else. But I do love gardening. I've developed in my middle age a real passion for plants. And the great thing about nature and plants is that they go at their own pace and with the kind of madness of the world of deadlines and you know pressure of the working world that most of us are in nowadays it's fantastic to have a relationship with something that will only go at its own pace that you have to listen to and respond to and i've got a tiny garden in london it's a two up two down house with very small but i love it i love being out there so that's that that's what i enjoy doing you recently left the royal court after nearly seven years as artistic director and you received a lot of praise for the work and direction of the theatre under your tenure. But what are you most proud of? Well, there are a few things I'm particularly proud of. I mean, obviously, giving the opportunity to um, a new generation of playwrights, which is really the prerogative of the artistic director of the Royal Court, I think, to bring that generation on. Then to take the, that, the generation that have gone before them onto bigger and bolder plays. And I think I've done a fair amount of that. But we also did a project called Theatre Local, which was about taking work out of Sloane Square, because the, the, the Royal Court's a very interesting thing in that it's an anti-establishment theatre in the most privileged, one of the richest boroughs in Europe, and certainly the richest borough in the country. So it's surrounded by immense privilege, and yet it's trying to do work that's, go, that's questioning the status quo. So that's always been a real conundrum. And more now than ever, that area is incredibly wealthy. So I really wanted to see what would happen if you, we took the work out into less privileged communities, really great shows, the highest quality work that we could produce, and take it out into, initially it was a shopping centre in Elephant and Castle, and do it in shops, and charge very little money so that people who've never been to a theatre 
would maybe walk past, see something in the shop window, think I've got an artist spare and come in and it really worked. It was fantastic. We had loads of people coming to see art shows and connecting with the work that had never been to a theatre, would never come to Sloan Square. And I'm really pleased that that's carrying on after I've left. There's a show now that's on in the East End of London. And I think it's really important for theatres to constantly look at how they can reach wider audiences. Um, and that was one way that we did it. So that, that I'm particularly proud of. And um, what are you doing now? Not a lot. I've, I've actually uh, taken a bit of a break. I mean, obviously can't do it for too long because I've got around a living, but I was pretty burnt out when I left uh, the Royal Court. And I just needed to stop for a bit and take stock, really, and just try and work out what I'm going to do next. So that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm thinking and enjoying the weather. It's lovely sunshine at the moment, so I'm enjoying that. Just um, as you're an alumni, mm. you're back on com campus several years after your own graduation, mm. and presumably you've stayed in touch with people at the university. Mm. In the years since you've graduated, what has Warwick meant to you? Well, Warwick meant a huge amount to me. I mean, I said when I collected my, um, my honorary doctorate, I, I made a remark that I, when I first came here, I, was, I thought it was going to be a disaster. I couldn't imagine that I'd ever fit in or find any friends. Or, but actually, as time went on, it really became a place that I kind of found myself in in lots of ways. Um, I learned a huge amount, not just from my studies, but from the people around me. And I got the chance to direct plays, to act in plays. I'd never have been a director if I hadn't if I hadn't have come here because there's a great there's a huge amount of drama on campus and we did shows not just in the theatres but in all sorts of weird places around the campus and I didn't do a lot of shows but it was where I developed a taste for it. And I also made some really lasting friendships. I mean, some of my closest friends now are from Warwick. So we really I think I think the beginning of my adult life was was here and I think there's something about the campus here that's very concentrated. It's very well resourced, of course. Uh, it's got everything you need, really, on the campus, but it's very... It, it, that concentration of people means that you collide with people and you come together in a way that if a, when a university is kind of more dispersed around a city, I don't think it quite has that effect. I know people who went to university in London who had great times, but they didn't have the kind of social life and the kind of intensity of experience that I had when I was here. Well, with that in mind, why should graduating students stay in touch with Warwick? Well, I think there are all sorts of reasons to stay in touch. I mean, I'm really keen to come back and work with the students here, you know, work with some of the theatre studies students and maybe share some of the skills that I've got and learned over the years. But I think it's uh, important to kind of give back in a way or to keep a relationship with somewhere that has given you a lot. And certainly for me, it did give me a lot. And most people, I think, who I knew that came here at the time, you know, in the 80s, who, who, were, who were undergraduates here, it was an incredibly important place. So it's, it's, it's great to keep those relationships you know, I, I think longevity relationships is a good thing. Dominic Cook, thank you very much. Thank you. Our guest today was the director, Dominic Cook. This podcast was brought to you by the University of Warwick. It was recorded as part of the summer 2013 graduation series. The producer was Craig Hinks and I'm GB Jenkins. Find out more at www.warwick.ac.uk.